First Peter, chapter 5, and starting reading at verse 1. This is God's word. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the whole world. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We thank God for this reading from his truth. Well, let's pray and ask for God's help to understand this. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you that you speak to us when your word is read. You speak to us when your word is proclaimed and preached. And so we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit today to understand what it is you are teaching us. And not only to understand it, but to believe it in our hearts and to put it into action in our lives. We ask, O oh God, that we each one would grow in holiness and in understanding today as a result of the preaching of your inerrant and infallible word. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, folks, I want you to imagine, if you can, that perhaps after the service today, uh, we're outside and, and I'm shaking hands and, and I take you to one side and out of my pocket, I take a small wooden box, maybe about the size of a ring box. And I say to you, this is a very, very precious treasure of mine. And I need you to take good care of it. I wonder how you would react to that. Maybe you would say, like, no, thank you, Jamie. That's not for me. I'm not the person you're looking for. It's too much for me. But if you did take it, could I trust you to look after it for me? We've been working through a series on the eldership since the start of the year. And today we come to think about the duties of an elder. And very basically, we can understand those duties 
as looking after a precious treasure. In verse 3 of 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter describes the church as a people who have been entrusted by God to the elders. The Old Testament describes the people of God as his special and treasured possession. The church is something that is so precious to God and he has trusted it into the hands of the elders so they can look after it and guard it and protect it. The main illustration that Peter uses in these verses to explain his teaching is that of a shepherd. The the elders are to shepherd the flock of God and they do so on behalf of the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. Now look, I know that you have figured this out by now, but I know very little about farming. However, I I have been holding back on you a little bit. I have yet to reveal that for a number of months before Kate and I were married, my father-in-law kept some of his sheep on land just outside of Dromore. And because I was living in Dromore at the time and my father-in-law was not, he asked me to take care of his sheep. Now, I don't know if I did a good job at that. I have no idea. But I do know that I took it seriously. The first reason I took it seriously is because those sheep were precious to Jim. And the second reason is because I wanted to make sure that he would let me marry his daughter. Perhaps the whole thing was a test. If you can be trusted with the sheep, then you can be trusted with the daughter. I don't know if that's what Jim was thinking. But there's a bit of a parallel here, isn't there? The church in the Bible is described as the flock of God, but it's also described as the bride of Christ. The church is so loved by Jesus that he calls her his bride, that he's willing to pay for her sins with his own blood. The church are the people of God who Jesus has rescued and redeemed with his own life. And then he, as bridegroom, has entrusted this precious treasure to the elders of the church. And it's their duty to watch over, to guard, and to protect the flock of God. It's the elders' duty to lead and to guide the church into goodness and righteousness through the word of Christ. And so today, we come to the end of this series thinking about the duties of an elder and carrying out the task that God has called the elder to as an under-shepherd of the flock of God. Now, I hope you'll be glad to know that I don't have 10 points for us today. I have two points for us. Very simple, why the church needs shepherds and how the elders are to shepherd. I want to begin by thinking about the first one, why we need shepherds in the church. I find this series really, really helpful. It's been helpful to me. It's been challenging to me, if I'm honest. But I find it helpful in two respects. I find it helpful because it's taught us what are we looking for when it comes to electing elders. But I think it's also taught us about ourselves as the people of God. So I hope it's helped you think through who will I nominate? Who will I vote for? But also, I hope it's helped you think about your relationship 
with the elders in this congregation about how you might behave towards the elders and how you might pray for them and seek their good. Even more than that, how can you submit to their leading and guiding as they seek to share the application of the Bible in your life and circumstances? Because you see, it comes down to this. We need shepherds in the church. And the reason we need shepherds is because we are sheep. We are sheep. Now, I've already said I don't know a huge amount about farming. And I don't want to be telling you all about sheep. You, you know a lot more than I do. But I think we can all agree that sheep are not very clever. And sheep are prone to wander. Even in this past week, I saw some sheep who had gone out under a gate onto the road. Sheep are foolish and they're prone to wander. Is it any different with us in the church? Aren't we foolish and prone to wander into sin? If there is a hole in the fence or a gap under the gate, we go through it nine times out of ten. We find all sorts of temptations to sin and we find them so alluring that we go after them. And very often, as I said to the boys and girls, very often we fall into the same pit time and time again. And so because of our sin, because of our foolish and desires, what do we need? We need someone to guard us, someone to guide us. Sheep need to be protected. They need to be protected from themselves and very often they need to be rescued and put back into the field after they've escaped. And so we need a shepherd because we are sheep. And there are some ways in which we all act the same. There are certain ways in which sheep always behave. But as well as that, we're all different, aren't we? There are some sheep that need more care than others. And there are some times when a certain sheep needs particular care. Something that I find really helpful in the last few years comes from an old book written a long time ago by the reformer Martin Bootser. In his book, The True Care of Souls, Bootser identifies five categories of sheep. Five categories of sheep that we might find connected to the church in a particular area. The first category is strong sheep, healthy sheep. And in the church, that's those who are regular in worship, those who are at the sacraments. One of my friends who knows a bit more about farming than I do has said to me that you count the animals when they come to the feeding trough. Because it's when they're at the feeding trough, perhaps, that you can, you can inspect them to see if there's any kind of sickness, any kind of abscess, any kind of limp. But also, it's at the feeding trough that you will know if there's anyone missing. And you can know for sure that if a sheep or a cow is missing from the feeding trough, that there's something wrong. And so we have these other four categories of sheep. We have weak sheep. Those who, who struggle in the Christian life. Those who struggle with assurance of faith. Struggle to believe. We have stray sheep. 
Perhaps you know this in this congregation. People who have been baptised, maybe even welcomed into membership, but they're very rarely here. They have wandering from the fold, wandering outside of the field. We also have injured or broken sheep. That's those who are living in some sin or another. And then finally, there's the lost sheep. Those who are yet to be found. Those who are outside of the fellowship, but nonetheless, in this area, are part of God's elect people. I wonder which of those five categories you would identify with yourself. There's a category here for everyone. For all of the people in in the church community, it is our responsibility as elders to shepherd and to care for all of the sheep. We're going to come to how we do that in a moment. But before we do, can I encourage each one of you, can I urge you to be good sheep, to make yourselves easy to care for? And that means a few things. Not least, it means being here each and every Sunday to be fed by God through his word. But if you look at our passage, you can see in the second part of the passage what Peter encourages or members of the church, those who call ourselves sheep of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can see what God's word says in verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you, every one of us, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. We've discussed in the past weeks how the elders are gifts from Jesus to his church. And I hope that we would submit ourselves to the elders. Because the elders, and I hope you know this, friends, I really hope you do. When the elders make decisions, they have the best interests of each one of us in mind. As a Kirk session, what we want is to see the people of God grow. We want to see you grow in understanding. We want to see you grow in holiness. We want to see this congregation grow in number for sure. We also want to see your personal growth. And so the decisions we make are not perfect. In no way are they perfect and we will often make mistakes, I'm sure. But ultimately, What we want is to see each person in this congregation made mature in Jesus. That's the first thing. Submit yourselves to the elders. But also, be submissive to one another, Peter says. Be humble towards one another. I can only imagine that sheep that fight among themselves are an absolute headache for the shepherd. So... Likewise, as sheep of Christ's flock, look upon one another with humility. This is vital in the church. It's vital in the local congregation and in the wider church as well. I want to give you an example of this. As you all know by this point that the Six Nations started yesterday. And uh, It might be sad, but I've been preparing for that by listening to podcasts and to radio shows about rugby as I travel around in the car. And you will also know that in our house we support two teams. We support Ireland and we support anyone who's playing England. 
Um, both of those teams won yesterday, so that was great. I want to tell you about an England player called Maro Atoji. Atoji, for me, epitomises everything I dislike about England. Well, I was listening to a podcast last week where Maro Atoji spoke about his faith in Jesus and how that helped him play for his country in a grounded way, win or lose. This man is a Christian. And do you know something? In a moment, in a moment, my attitude towards him changed. I love this man. He is my brother in Christ. Genuinely, my feeling changed. I've never met him. I don't know him personally. I dislike the team that he plays for. But I love him because he's a brother in Christ. How much more should we love those who are in this room with us today? These are our brothers and our sisters. We shouldn't fall into the trap of pride, the sin of hating our fellow sheep. We can look around this room today. And I don't know how inspiring you'll find this, folks, but these are the people you will spend eternity with. So we need to try and love one another as Christ loves us. Try and love the people in this room as you love yourself. Be humble towards each other. Be clothed with humility, Peter says. I can assure you if you do that, you make the role of the shepherd or the elder much, much easier. Well, there's another reason here that we need a shepherd in the church. We need protected from ourselves, but we also need protected from the outside. Verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Shepherds are given to the flock to protect them from the devil, the devil who seeks to devour them. The devil will use any tactic he can to tear down the church. He only comes to kill and steal and destroy. And so he will try to sow division and hurt between members of the church. He will spread lies. He will spread gossip where he can to destroy the Christian witness of the church. To bring people into shame and to distribute and into to hurtful situations. This is all too common in churches. It's so sad. I've seen it happen. We as sheep need shepherds to protect us. To make sure we're not falling into the snares of the devil. To, to keep us from his wicked scheming. I think this helpfully moves us on to where the shepherds play their part. How the elders are to shepherd. And I think the the picture that Peter gives is really clear. It's a really, really good image. The metaphor of shepherd. The entire role of the elder could be summed up in saying that. The the elder is to be a shepherd. To guide, to lead and to protect the sheep. 
Peter urges elders to lead by example. And so the elders should be the first to follow Jesus. Peter also gives some key duties, exercising oversight. Not easy, but important. But doing so in a manner that doesn't lead to shameful gain and can't be seen as domineering. So the elder ought to be the most humble, the most serving, the most patient and the most reliant on Christ. I think one of the most important aspects of this passage for elders is that we are to shepherd the flock of God that is among us. I wonder if you noticed that little phrase that Peter uses. That means we get to shepherd this congregation. And those who are connected with this congregation, we are not shepherds of another flock. You know how it is. A sheep might look over the valley and say, the grass looks greener over there. Well, an elder might look at a congregation down the road and think, those are really well-behaved sheep. I would like to be looking after them. But Peter says no to that. He says, local elders for local sheep. I think we see this a fair bit in our country. People take leading and guidance from all sorts of places. The whole COVID uh, YouTube thing, I think, has intensified this for us. It is absolutely wonderful that we can go onto the internet and get teaching from all over PCI and even from other online preachers. It's wonderful to hear those people. But you don't need me to tell you that those people online are not the ones visiting you when you're sick. They're not the ones who are at your door when a family member has died. They're not able to know if you're in sin or not. We need local elders. And so uh, just as an elder from another place cannot lead or guide or protect a flock from somewhere far away. This is a helpful correction for elders that as we elect elders in this congregation... They shouldn't seek to step in elsewhere where another shepherd is already responsible. An elder is to shepherd the flock of God that God has called him to. The flock that is among him. And further to this, and I think this, I've said this already in this series, but it bears repeating. An elder is to shepherd all of the flock, not just some of it. It can become really easy for an elder to develop particular favourites. And I know that, that friendships and family ties run deep in this congregation. And that's wonderful. It's a brilliant thing. But no kind of favouritism should ever make it into the work of an elder. It shouldn't make it into the session meetings or into decisions made by Kirk Session. Elders are shepherds of the whole flock of God in this place. I have to say how practical this is. The the role of elder is to make sure that what you are receiving, all of the, the food that you are receiving, is good for your Christian group. No farmer would want to feed his livestock with any food that's gone sour. 
And so when it comes to what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're taking in, when it comes to my preaching here on a Sunday, when it comes to what we're learning in midweek or in Sunday school or any Bible studies, PW, all of that falls under the, the responsibility of the Kirk session. It's our job to make sure that the sheep are being taken to good green grass, to make sure that we are all being fed and watered for our growth and for our health and for our strength. Likewise, if a sheep does fall into a ditch, a good shepherd doesn't leave it there. A good shepherd helps it out. And so if you have fallen into doubt or you have fallen into sin, you can and you should expect the elders of this congregation to help you up, to help you out, to help you come back to full health again. Now, like I've said this already, we will feel at this. We are sinful human beings. But this is the role that God has called us to as elders. That's what you need to think about when you're nominating elders. And we exercise this oversight in a humble and willing way, knowing that we are called to it by God. Elders are not elected by the congregation like a politician is elected by the congregation. The congregation are confirming in the election what they see God doing in someone's life. A calling to be an elder is a calling from God. And in many ways, I know I personally feel inadequate to this task. And so as elders, we must be the first to fall on Christ, to look to him, to to cast all of our cares and anxieties on him, knowing that he cares for us. And to look to Jesus, Jesus, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, because in everything that I've said over the last five weeks, it's all, that, it's all about Jesus. He is where our ultimate protection and leading and guidance comes from. Jesus is the chief shepherd, the good shepherd. He molds us in his image through the preaching and teaching of his word and the, the power of the Holy Spirit working that word into our hearts. He's the one who gives elders in the church to, to lead and to guide us. To make sure that we find the narrow path and that we stay on it because that's what leads to righteousness. It is Jesus from whom all blessings flow and to him that all praise and glory belongs. Elders are footnotes. (coughs) Elders are our stewards taking care of the bride until the bridegroom returns. Elders are mere under-shepherds watching over the flock until the day when the chief shepherd appears. We help the people of God for sure because this world is difficult to live in. This is a difficult and painful world. We want to help you press on towards the prize that awaits each one of us in glory. And so let me finish in the same way our passage does. I want to point you to Jesus today. Let me read the last two verses of our passage again. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, 
after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray for us.